0: Hello and welcome to the podcast filled with his love. In this week's Come, Follow Me, we focus on the first chapter of John. There is so much in these 51 verses, but today I want to examine verses 11 through 13. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, or we might say the sons and daughters of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We know that we are all spirit children of God the Father, but this verse is talking about becoming children of Jesus Christ. In verse 13, which were born, quote, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, It might have ended with, but of Christ. It's talking not about our physical birth to earthly parents. It's referring to the very heart of the restored gospel, that we can be spiritually born again and become like the Savior. Think of what happens when we are baptized. We take upon us the name of Christ. We covenant to obey His commandments so we can eventually become like Him, just as a child obeys a righteous parent. A relationship to the Savior becomes a parent-child attachment, the most important attachment in our lives. In Mosiah 5, verse 7, King Benjamin taught, And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you, for ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore, ye are born of him, and have become his sons and his daughters." Such a clear statement of our relationship to the Savior when we make covenants. So we all become the sons and daughters of the Savior when we covenant with him to take his name upon us. I've been thinking recently about the role of agency in our covenant making and covenant keeping. Without agency, we could not make or keep covenants. Everything hinges on our ability to choose to follow the Savior, to choose to keep his commandments, to choose to make the covenants we make at baptism and in the temple. Agency is essential. We make covenants of our own free will. We are not forced to make a covenant, and it is in using that power of agency to choose that we grow and become more like the Savior. In Mosiah 15, it makes it clear that Jesus Christ can be called both the Father and the Son. But I must admit that these verses have never been as clear to me as they are now. It's easy to see why he is called Son, because he is the only begotten Son of God the Father. But it has never been quite as easy for me to see why he is also called Father. Here's what Abinadi said in Mosiah 15. Quote, I would that ye should understand that God himself shall come down among the children of men, and shall redeem his people. And because he dwelleth in flesh, he shall be called the Son of God. And having subjected the flesh to the will of the Father, being the Father and the Son. The Father because he was conceived by the power of God, and the Son because of the flesh, thus becoming the Father and Son. So Jesus can be called Father because he was invested with all the power of his Father, including immortality. He is the Father of heaven and earth because he was the Creator. And he can be called Son because he was born to Mary in the flesh. I like how Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett, in the doctrinal commentary of the Book of Mormon, explain this. Jesus Christ becomes the covenant father of all who receive and abide by the terms and conditions of the new and everlasting covenant, the fullness of his gospel. And it was with the physical formation of the heavens and the earth, so it is in regard to the human character and personality. Christ is the father of creationism, and through applying his atoning blood, men and women become new creations, new creatures, of Christ through the medium of the Holy Ghost. Now, what does all this mean for you and me? In my book, Filled with His Love, I assert that the quality of our relationship with God supersedes all other concerns we might have in life. That's why it's the first commandment. I draw upon the last two verses of Moroni 7. But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever, and whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with him. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart, that ye may be filled with this love, which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope that we may be purified even as he is pure. Amen. Learning to love the Savior and His children as Christ loves us is our first and most important aim in life. Nothing else compares with this. And so does that mean that I should go out and serve others so I can be more loving? Probably not. It means that I should be more loving so that I will want to go out and serve others more. It's an internal quality of being, and we cannot develop it by simply meditating on it or even by practicing it. It is a gift from God. That is why Mormon pled with his people to pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart, that they might be filled with this pure love. It is God that changes our heart. We cannot change our own heart. We cannot say to ourselves, I think I'll be more loving tomorrow and expect some miraculous change of character to come over us. Being born of the Spirit is a rebirth that comes from God through the Holy Ghost. So when Mormon said, that ye may become the sons and daughters of God, he was helping us understand that when we use our agency to make covenants with God and strive to keep those covenants, we will become children of Christ, that when the Savior shall appear, we shall be like him, because we will have learned to love as he loves. Only then can we be purified through His atoning power. Only then will we be able to truly see Him, because we will have become like Him. It is all about covenantal love. I realize that this goal seems almost too lofty to even think about. When we look at ourselves, we see all of our flaws, our shortcomings, our impurities. But that, in one sense, is the whole point. He's telling us that if we exercise our agency, if we use the very power he gave us to choose to make and keep the covenants we make with him, he will wash away all those shortcomings, flaws, and impurities. I really see this as the core doctrine of the restored gospel, the new and everlasting covenant. And it's my sincere hope that I can continue to pray, as Mormon asked, with all the energy of my heart, that I can be filled with his love, that through his atonement, I, along with my loved ones, can be made clean and one day dwell with him and his Father forever. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.